You were like this when I found you. <laughs> when you found me, I was a smart person with a lot of promise. It's been all downhill since, uh, <laughs> since I met you. <laughs> yep, I take responsibility for most of that, not gonna lie. I know what I did. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> as, very, as long as you're fine with it. Very effective. Oh, I'm happy. You know what they say, ignorance is bliss, and I'm now a very ignorant person. <laughs> <laughs> Two best um friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football? I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Ourlands.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. What's happening, 2M Nation? We're back with another episode here. The 2M Football Show with Matt and Mike. Hello, hello, hello. Excited to be here with you once again, Matt. Are you excited? I actually am. This episode in particular, we're, we have a lot of teams that we followed closely this past season, so I'm excited to talk about them. We do. We are. We did. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Story of my life. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Not a lot of news today, so uh, there's one news item and then some trivia questions I heard on the radio that I want to uh, quiz you on, Matthew. That's not a good thing, but okay. Especially because I didn't send you the notes until like a minute ago, so you've had no time to prepare. (laughs) Nope. I am doing this even more blind than normally. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So news first, then we continue our our breakdowns with the AFC West and the NFC South. So first. Yeah, that kind of confused me for a while there, but I figured it out. (laughs) What the, with the words on the page? No, because uh, you said, I'm like, NFC South, got it. And then I went to the AFC South, and I'm like, the Buccaneers aren't in the AFC South. How did you do the AFC South? And then did the Buccaneers? This makes no sense. How did you get this so wrong? Yeah, I'm like, I thought I was dumb, but I got it. Okay, good. All on the same page? Ah. Let's do well, close enough. We're all in the same chapter. (laughs) We're in the same book, at least. Okay, that's a start. (laughs) Uh, let's talk about the Bears for a second and the possibility that they might be trying to leave Chicago. This is some rather interesting news for us being, you know, locals of the Chicagoland area. Uh, I think this actually happened last week. The team put in a bid to buy the Arlington Park venue, which is in the a suburb of the city, about an hour outside the city of Chicago. I know where Arlington Heights is. Is it close That's to you? 45 minutes from me. Oh, okay. Probably about 45 minutes from me too. We should meet oh, up. Look, there we're so cool. <laughs> and uh, the the venue, which is a a race horse racing track at the moment. Oh, how exciting! Was I've been there before. I went with my family once, many moons ago. Uh, it has been approved by officials for a football stadium, theoretically. Uh, now, the reason the Bears might be looking to move Soldier Field is the smallest NFL stadium, uh, based on its sixty one thousand fan capacity. And however, there are some roadblocks, some hurdles they'll have to get through first before a possible move could even happen is that their current contract with Soldier Field 
in Chicago goes through 2033. So they'd have to pay quite a significant fee to break that contract and leave early. And then the, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, claims it's just a negotiation tactic because they're currently trying to get the city to pay for upgrades to the current stadium. And she, she burned them pretty, pretty brutally, saying the team should focus on being relevant past October. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, to uh, be fair, I, if you're going to dump hundreds of thousands of billions of dollars into something for someone, it's like, can you make it kind of worthwhile? <laughs> right. Uh, and then I saw another interesting aspect of this is that there'd be the possibility of them having to change their name if they do move outside the city limits and if they could uh, be prevented from calling themselves the Chicago Bears if they're outside of the city. I think something Arlington like that. Height, Yes. <laughs> I think something like that happened in baseball with the, the Angels when they moved to, to Anaheim. Uh, this was a while ago. And I don't know oh, the full the story. Ducks. But I think they wanted to call themselves the LA Angels when they were not in playing in LA and they were not allowed to. That's why they were the Anaheim Angels. Oh, they're not the Mighty Ducks. I think that's a different sport. <laughs> that's a rugby team, isn't it? No, that's a hockey team. That was a joke. Oh, <laughs> that was well played then. I thought you were serious. Uh, anyway, this is just kind of an interesting story that, you know, obviously even if they reach an agreement to buy the venue, build a stadium, it would be years before they'll be playing there. It's just uh, kind of an interesting thing that's been happening here locally to us uh, recently. And the story is far from over. So we'll keep keep our eye on that. Uh, pretty minor one here. Devonte Adams wants to stay in Green Bay. This is 2021. Will be the final year on his current contract, uh, and he he did address the Rogers situation. Uh, you know his absence from from mandatory camp, uh, and he says Rogers being there is just one piece of his decision, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> he's getting he's seeing. I guess he's seeing Jordan Love now every day in practice. So. Or it's just trying to, you know, save your own hide right? from, yeah. the, from the drama before. Being like, no, no, like, I'm Green Bay for life, Green Bay for life, right? Yeah, that's part of it, but, you know. <laughs> Do it for the fans. All right, you ready for your trivia? No. <laughs> Got two questions for you here. First question, there has only been one year in NFL history in which home teams did not have a winning record. What year was that? Home teams across all of them? Yep, across all the teams in the NFL. Every year of NFL history, you know, if you added up all the home records at the end of the season, teams did better at home than on the road, except for one year where this was not true and home teams uh, did worse uh, at home. Uh, can I ask one question? Yes. Is it within the past 10 years? Yes. That didn't help. Okay, I got this. Uh, <laughs> you can ask more questions if you want. It's, it's no, almost no. sort of a trick question, but go ahead. I'm going to go with 2011. Oh, you're so close. You're off by nine years. It was 2020 because there was no home field advantage because there were no fans in the stands. Well, that's, that's not even fair. <laughs> I hate you. I'm so sorry. I hate you. <laughs> I, I thought this was relevant to bring up, though, because I was just, as I've referenced, going through a re-listening to our first season of the podcast and how we talked about uh, how we would have to check in at the end of the season and see if home teams did worse because of the uh, worse than usual because of the lack of fans 
And uh, then I heard this stat on the radio that they actually did. Home teams didn't have a winning record across the board last year for the first time in NFL history. That's kind of interesting, to be honest. Like, that's not even trivia. That's just like... It is interesting, right? That's an interesting tidbit to show you just how powerful, especially in the dome stadiums. Right, yeah. Why not just pump in the, you know, the noise? Like, Atlanta. <laughs> well, some teams, are, yeah, <laughs> doing that before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, okay, and then one more for you. Uh-oh. Larry Fitzgerald, superstar yes. wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Does For his career, does he have more <laughs> dropped passes or tackles? Tackles. Yes, you're correct. Boom. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice work. That one was easy. He is so good. He has, yeah, more tackles and then drop passes. And I wish I had the exact numbers on which is which, but I do not. Yeah, w- way to go. Come on. I'm now. so sorry. <laughs> the source I shamelessly stole this from didn't provide that information. <laughs> God, if you're going to be lazy, do it right. Learn from me. I, apparently, I still have much to learn. <laughs> All right. And with that, I don't even know if we've been on here long enough to take a little break, but we'll take a 10 second break and then we'll be back with our AFC West roster breakdown. And we're back. Mike and Matt, 2 in Football Podcast, continuing our roster breakdowns for the 2021 season. And we move into the AFC West, once again, going in order of the standings. We start with the That's Chiefs. the west side of the AFC, for those who don't know. You got it. Thank you for explaining that. Sure. In 2020, the Chiefs yes. finished the regular season 14-2, and two, the number one seed in the AFC. They took down the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs before ultimately getting demolished in that Super Bowl by the lopsided scoreline of 31 to 9. And if you, if anyone doesn't remember what the main thing, the key storyline of that Super Bowl was, it the was Buccaneers the Buccaneers defense. Yeah, specifically the pass rush. Uh, Mahomes and his offensive line got absolutely trashed by JPP and Shaq Barrett. And so moving into this offseason, starting with the, the players that they've lost, well, they lost a member of that offensive line. Actually, I think Eric Fisher was injured and didn't, wasn't able to play that game. In any event, he's not with the team anymore. Their former left tackle uh, went to the Colts in free agency. And they also lost Sammy Watkins, one of their uh, part of that talented receiving core, went to the Baltimore Ravens. However, they did a lot to try to fix this offensive line for 21, 2021. Yeah. By signing Joe Thune, the guard from, I didn't write it down, Patriots? I believe so. And Kyle Long came out of retirement to join this team. He retired to get away from the Bears and then joins the Chiefs. I mean, to be fair, he right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a tried and true uh, strategy. Rodgers might be doing the same thing soon to get out of Green Bay, <laughs> just like far before him. <laughs> Oh, boy. There it is. When there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Mike Otmanski way. Um, yes. There will never be an f- episode of this show where we don't talk about Favre for some reason. I don't like the word we involved in that. <laughs> there's a you. Anyway, they, they also <laughs> traded, <laughs> traded for uh, uh, former Ravens offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr., so that's three new pieces they've added to this offensive line, in addition to uh, a draft pick. 
And so speaking of the draft, they didn't have any first round picks. They traded away theirs in the Orlando Brown trade. Uh, but in the second round, they took Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri, and then they drafted a center out of Oklahoma named Creed Humphrey. So they've they've done a lot to revamp this offensive line for this year. So let's get into the roster then, starting with the offensive side of the ball, with the studs. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what needs to be what? said about him. <laughs> Maybe the most physically talented quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, he'll be back. And he's got some pretty good weapons in the passing game and Tyreek Hill, the speedy wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey, the unguardable tight end. <laughs> and then uh, there's Joe Thune again. He's, he's in this makes the studs list. Uh, he's going to be one of their starting guards this year. And then Austin Blythe, their center, someone I was less familiar with uh, before doing this research. He is one of the best centers in the game. So they, they should be much more solid up front on the line. And come on, do you think there are any duds in this offense? No. The only question I could uh, think of is with Watkins gone, um, they didn't really do anything to fill his role necessarily. There's just one less right. receiver in the room. And so I'm going to say that Nicole Hardman, if we were doing prove it players again, he might be a good candidate. He has less competition for targets now. He's been, uh, you know, he's been out there a lot with his offense, but he hasn't necessarily retained like a consistent starting role. Uh, but with Watkins gone, yeah, that opens up the opportunity, opens up the door for him. Uh, so my question. Right. Can you take advantage of this opportunity? Exactly. Yeah. And become more consistently a part of this offense. And uh, so moving over to the defensive side of the ball, they've got Chris Jones on the line, defensive end. He's a stud. There is some weakness in this defense, though. Um, at linebacker, they've got Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman. They really weren't getting it done last season. And uh, the team struggled at the safety position, too. Daniel Sorensen, um, was, you know, he was an okay cover guy, but terrible in run support. And then their other starting safety for most of the year was Juan Thornhill. Uh, a name I admit I also had never heard of before, but he was okay, a little bit better than Sorensen, but still in kind of the bottom half at, at the position, at the safety position across the league. And so my questions for this defense, first up is Nick Bolton, the rookie linebacker. Uh, he's got a he's got a job to do <laughs> if he can hopefully come in, take a starting spot right away and and improve this linebacking core. Um, and and that, if he can, that would do a, a lot to help the run game, the run defense, because they were in the bottom half of the league in terms of rushing defense last year. And then the other guy on this defense that I sort of question is Frank Clark, the edge rusher. They signed him away from Seattle, big contract a couple of years ago. Uh, with Seattle, he had 32 sacks in his first three years there. So, you know, averaging more than 10 sacks a season. Uh, but with the Chiefs, his production has tailed off a little bit, just 14 total sacks in his two seasons in Kansas City. Uh, he's also hitting the quarterback, the opposing quarterback less. And so, um, you know, I don't know the reason for that exactly, but see if he can up his game because going back to the Super Bowl again, we saw what a disruptive defense that's getting pressure can do uh, to an opposing quarterback. And uh, the pass rush wasn't great. They had the 19th most sacks last year, and they need Clark to find find his old form and help that pass rush. 
take pressure off the, the weaker parts of this defense, like the linebackers and safeties. Overall, what do you think? What do you think about the Chiefs roster this year? I graded a, a solid A minus. I mean, it's pretty much the same team as last year, where they did um, lose players. They they did more than ample amount of gaining people to 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 plug those holes. There's a couple of you know floating question marks, but nothing glaring in the face, nothing big. You know, the defense has been bend, don't break for a while. The wide receiving core, we just have the one question, but it's Mahomes under center. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wrote. If you have Mahomes, you're automatically a Super Bowl contender. And so I actually give him an A-2, minus same as you. I think the offense will have no trouble. We didn't even mention uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked really good as a rookie. I, I don't know if he's ready to be in the stud list. But he's good. I would keep him in the question right now, but that may have been on usage and Le'Veon Bell coming in. Right, right, and Bell's gone. Um, yeah, so I, he should he should get uh, hopefully a bigger portion of the workload this year. I will not be wasting a fourth first round <laughs> pick on him. <laughs> All right. So next up in the AFC West is the uh, the Raiders. Raiders. They finished the season eight and eight. They were actually seven and five going into the last month of the season. They had a good chance at the playoffs, but they uh, kind of limped to a one and three finish. And because of that, they they missed out on the postseason. They had a pretty good offense. They were eighth ranked in terms of yards per game, tenth in points. However, they had the third worst defense um, in points allowed, and they were pretty much equally bad at defending the pass and the run. Yeah, you could kind of take your poison with them. Whatever they gave you, you could just take, you know, yeah. run read options all day long and just take what the defense gives you. Yep, and they give you a lot. Uh, this offseason, they lost Nelson Aguilar, their wide receiver, to the Patriots, which I don't see as a huge loss. I think it's more of just an opportunity for Ruggs to take on a bigger role. Um, and then they lost Devontae Booker, who was surprisingly productive in the backfield, out of the backfield. Uh, he went to the, the Giants. They were pretty active in free agency. They signed Yannick Ngakwe, uh, the defensive end, formerly of Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Baltimore. <laughs> Two of those just last season alone. They signed Kenyon Drake, the running back, uh, most recently from the Cardinals. John Brown they brought over from Buffalo to add some depth to that receiving core. And then Casey Hayward, the cornerback, who I think was at one time a Green Bay Packer. Probably because he's pretty good, and we probably yeah. got rid of him. Right, right. Yeah, one of those guys I wish was playing uh, for us still instead of Kevin King. <laughs> <laughs> and in the first, with their first round pick in this year's draft, they took offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. Who do you like on this offense? You're going to make me say it, aren't you? <laughs> well, you were saying it all last season. Waller Baller? Sure, there's one. <laughs> he's a stud. Um. Besides that, job, Josh Jacobs is an incredible and underrated running back. Uh, the only thing about Derek Carr is he must have heard all the smack talk because he decided to let it fly this season. Yes, Derek Carr was motivated by your was motivated by your smack talk and had a pretty good season with a career high in passing yards, forty one hundred and three, and he had a top ten uh, passer rating with a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. So pretty good, pretty good stuff. And then, yeah, you already mentioned Darren Waller, the tight end, Josh Jacobs, the running back. There's a lot of talent on this offense. Uh, 
the where they struggled was with some of the offensive line players. Nick Martin at center, a pretty good pass blocker, but pretty awful in uh, in the running game as far as clearing holes, clearing lanes for Josh Jacobs. Uh, and then their tackles, Sam Young and Denzel Good, were decidedly not good, ironically. Uh, and they're not young either. <laughs> okay. I sometimes, sometimes I make myself laugh. Uh, they were both bad, but uh, hence like the draft. Joke. Hence the draft. Ooh, nice. Hence the drafting of Alex Leatherwood uh, will hopefully be a starter right away for them on the line. Um, questions for the offense, I think, is the wide receiver position, but it's not a bad question necessarily. It's just a question of who and what exactly they'll do. Uh, and why and how. And, and why, where, when. Yeah, all, all those questions. <laughs> uh, Hunter Renfro, we know, is very good in the slot. Uh, Brian Edwards was a rookie who got a lot of hype last year but didn't do much. Looking for a big year, too, I think, from Henry Ruggs. Uh, with Aguilar gone especially, he ended up taking i think some of the deep route the deep passing work that rugs um well he was supposed to be a major major player and then nelson aguilar was like hey guys by the way i remember how to play football right i learned how to catch this off season (laughs) i can do it finally Um, and then they also brought in John Brown and Willie Sneed both through free agency who have had productive stretches in their uh, careers so it's a, I think it's a deep group, but there aren't really any studs currently. So uh, besides, you know, the best receivers still Darren Waller, the tight end. So someone's got to step up, and I'm looking for Ruggs uh, to do so. My boy. Uh, the defense is pretty awful. Uh, they have a so their best players are probably at the linebacker position, and Nicholas Morrow and and Nick Kwiatkowski. Um, however, the secondary is terrible. The, the corners, the safeties. They're all really bad, and you know it's a bad sign when their best player is one that they brought in through free agency, <laughs> the 31-year-old cornerback Casey Hayward is probably their best player in the secondary. Uh, they've got a ton of questions on defense for that reason, uh, but I'm going to single out Yannick Ngakwe, their newly acquired defensive end. He was such a monster. With the turnstile of the NFL teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. He was with. I wonder what is the most number of teams someone has played for in a single season. I'm sure it's more than two, but he played for two last year. <laughs> Hopefully, he finds a more permanent home here in uh, Vegas. But he was. Remember that one year Jacksonville made their surprise playoff run, and Gakway was such a big part of that defense. He averaged nine sacks a year with that def with uh, Jacksonville. Made the Pro Bowl once. And he was actually okay last year between the Ravens and the Vikings with eight sacks, uh, seven tackles for a loss, and 11 QB hits in the 15 games he played. Uh, so I'm just I'm looking for a big season from him to really give this Raiders defense a boost. Overall, I think the offense should be just as good as last year, but the defense is still going to be a major concern. And uh, for that reason, I gave them a B-. minus. How about you? Um, give them a B minus as well. Borderline C plus. That defense needs to be improved if this offense is going to have a chance to win more games. Yep. All right, now it gets interesting because um, our two of our playoff sleeper picks from last year uh, finished third and fourth in the division, unfortunately, but they'll be fun to talk about. <laughs> 
And it all started with one heck of a draft pick. Justin Herbert? That would be the man. Okay, cool. Let's get into it. So in 2020, uh, the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert with the sixth overall pick. And he was forced into starting action in week two after Tyrod Taylor was sabotaged, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) I still think that's got to be the most bizarre set of circumstances. Yeah. (laughs) I had to go over it one more time in case you didn't hear uh, at the time that it happened. Terod Taylor, veteran, expected to be the starter. After week one, he was getting an injection for pain management, I think is what it was. But the injection (laughs) accidentally, we think, punctured a lung and he ended up in the hospital (laughs) and he didn't. And Herbert was forced into starting action and he was great. So Taylor never got another shot. Or he never got another chance, I should say. <laughs> no, freaking weird. Yeah. And uh, Herbert was too good. He, he, you couldn't bench him after after he started. He completed two-thirds of his passes for 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, which I think set a new rookie record and uh, with 10 interceptions. And he also added five touchdowns on the ground with his legs. So he was awesome. Um, the team... Finished a less than inspiring seven and nine. Uh, however, they did end the year on a four-game winning streak. And as usual, the Chargers' way, they lost a lot of close games. Seven out of the nine losses were one-score games. Um, and yeah, as a result of this, they, so they got rid of Rivers the pre the prior year. We thought it might be his fault. <laughs> they kept losing close nope. games. Nope. Nope. So next, they fired their coach, Anthony Lynn who had been there the previous four years, uh, went 33-31 and 31 in that time, uh, one and one in the playoffs, never get, got farther than the second round. Um, and to replace him, they hired Brandon Staley, who was most I'm recently... I'm so excited for this hire. It's interesting, yeah. He was the Rams defensive coordinator last year. They were, as we know, they were such a dominant defense. Uh, before that, he spent time... Staley did as the outside linebackers coach with the Bears and Broncos. So he's and that was with uh, Vic Fangio. So he's been around good defenses his whole time. But think about how this makes sense, though. Their the offense was putting them in position to win, but the defense couldn't keep that. Yep. Lead there. So your offense is in sync, but you need somebody to coach that defense up. Yeah. Yeah. Offense, just do what you do, and Staley's going to fix the defense. <laughs> it's his first time as head coach, but um, going to be super interesting. Yeah, they had a pretty interesting offseason, too. They lost Hunter Henry, the pass-catching tight end, uh, to the Patriots. They lost a couple members of their secondary, and Rayshon Jenkins, the safety, who went to Jacksonville. And then, as we just mentioned, Casey Hayward, who hopped over in the division <laughs> to the Raiders. Uh, to uh, offset some of these losses, they brought in Corey Lindsley, the center, formerly of Green Bay. This is such a great signing. He's 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 a top five center in the game right now. He's so good. Um, they also signed Matt Feller, uh, who's a tackle from I think Pittsburgh is where he came from, and then Jared Cook, a tight end. They brought in to uh, make up for the loss of Henry. And then in the draft. They further addressed the offensive line by taking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern with the 13th overall pick. And then in the second round, they took Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback out of Florida State and and son of Asante Samuel, obviously. (laughs) What? Yeah, right? It's funny how that works. 
Uh, so they got some good good players on offense. Do they? <laughs> After one year, I think it's safe to say Justin Herbert's a stud. And his top target in the passing game is Keenan Allen, uh, Austin Eckler, the dynamic running back, and then Corey Lindsley now to anchor the offensive line. In terms of duds on the offensive side, it's really just one person I saw who wasn't holding up their end of the bargain, and that was Trey Pipkins, the left tackle. But his name's Pipkins. How can he not be good? I know. It's a good, it's a good name. But unfortunately, the... The uh, skill doesn't live up to it. And hopefully he won't even have to play if uh, Slater, the rookie, is able to start week one. Biggest question mark I could think of for this offense is Jared Cook. The Chargers, uh, Keenan Allen's good. They don't have a very, they don't have much depth in their receiving core. Allen's great. Mike Williams is pretty good as like a deep threat, but he's been a little bit injury prone. And so they're hoping they're getting a a playmaker in, in Cook. But he's had issues with drops, and he's 34 years old. Uh, so That's all? Yeah, that's it. He's a couple years older than us. Can he still contribute? I hope, uh, hope none of my coworkers are asking that question about me as I approach age 30. <laughs> well, it was uh, the answer was no from like five years ago. Right, yeah. I mean, I wasn't producing. Right, exactly. Even then. Uh, let's see. On the defensive side, the studs. Joey Bosa on the defensive line was a monster again uh, last You're year. You're welcome. <laughs> Are you going to bring that up every time? Yes. Thank you for making me draft him for us in uh, Dynasty because, yeah, he's awesome. He's great. He, had, he only played 12 games. In those games, though, he had seven and a half sacks, 15 I don't have a lot in this life, Mike. <laughs> That's going to be the one I'm going to hang my hat on every time. Okay. okay. You did nail that one. And uh, 27 quarterback hits in just those 12 games. And then I'm putting him in the stud category, even though he's only played five games in the past no, few seasons. not acceptable. <laughs> Derwin, he didn't even play. Derwin he didn't take a snap. He was in training camp. He didn't make it out of training camp. <laughs> we could have made it out of training camp. <laughs> we wouldn't have made it into training camp. Shut up. Derwin James, the safety. He was so good. Oh, my God. Such a stud. <laughs> Did nothing last year except sit on the couch with his meniscus tear. I mean, I can't argue with that. That is true. <laughs> but two years before that, when he wasn't Oh, hurt. two years before that, he did something productive. All right, maybe he should have been. Actually, wait, he is, in, he is also my question mark. So I acknowledge that he has been injury prone. Uh, whatever, I'm going to skip the duds because these are not names that I even knew before doing this research. Uh, you didn't know all of those? I'm sorry, I didn't know who Nasir Adderley was. Uh, or Jerry Tillery. That's a cool name. I feel like we should insert like a Troy Aikman, Joe Buck comment. Like, oh, he's real good. <laughs> Just like the most generic possible quote. <laughs> Looking to have a great season in 2021. Uh, but yeah, so the biggest question mark on the defense is obviously can Derwin James stay healthy? We'll see. Tune in uh, next week. Yeah, yeah. He's made it through mini camp so far. Oh, progress. That's more so, than Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, yeah. Still not practicing with the team, apparently, right? That's got to be a little bit of a concern. Okay, overall for the Chargers, they massively upgraded the offensive line, uh, which should help an offense that was already really dangerous. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty concerned about the defense. We'll see how quickly uh, the rookie Asante Samuel can get up to speed and, and kind of offset the loss of Hayward in the secondary. If Derwin James is back fully healthy <laughs> and the same player he was, that's huge. Uh, but the biggest question for this team overall is now that they've gotten rid of Rivers and Lynn, is the curse broken of losing close games? <laughs> that's the biggest question. Yeah, I can't – I don't know. I can't answer that question. I actually gave them – I actually gave them a B. Like, compared to the Raiders, I think this is a better roster. So that's why you have them graded slightly higher. I have them as a C plus simply because the defense has me nervous. They were the reason they couldn't win close games. And until this team shows that they can win even 50-50 in close games, I cannot back this, this team. They could have the best offensive roster on the block, and if that defense is not up to par, they will not win. All right, that's fair. I'm going to let you lead the recap for this next team as they are yours. <laughs> now and forever. Not terrible. No? I mean, 5-11 and 11 from a score standpoint sounds Wait, who, terrible. Who, who are we talking about? Uh, the Denver Broncos. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, however, there is a lot to to unload onto what this team is becoming. Uh, first of all, they lost Lindsay and Boye, your Boye, uh, in the off season. Uh, but they picked up some uh, picked up some interesting pieces that could be potential. Uh, solutions to the problems, including Ronald Darby, and more importantly, I was so stoked, Kyle Fuller. Yeah. Uh, at cornerback to replace Boye. I'm sorry, he may be good, but he's not Kyle Fuller. Oh, I mean, those guys are younger and more talented, so. <laughs> I uh, Kyle moves. Fuller in that secondary to back up that D-line, I mean, I, I couldn't be more static on that side of the ball, which has really been the strength of Denver, even when Manning was under center. Mm-hmm. Um, and to further that, they took uh, Patrick Sertan II, uh, cornerback out of Alabama in the first round. So the defense really was their focus to adjust the uh, to uh, to address the offensive. In the draft, they took in the second round um, Javante Williams, the running back out of North Carolina. But they also picked up in free agency Bridgewater himself out of Carolina after they got uh, Sam Darnold. Right, a trade actually, not free agency, but yeah. Well, you know, it was during the free agency period, whatever. It was during, yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Be all technical on me, I'll smack you. <laughs> um, which I think is interesting because I want to know now what their game plan is for who's going to be under center. I also want to know the game plan. Studs, Fant is a tight end monster for that team. Um We'll see. Do you have it in in questions? Yes, you do. Oh, my God. You made notes of it. Excellent. <laughs> um, and Garrett Bowles, the left, uh, the left tackle, and was one of the – I think he was our PFFs, BFS, third best offensive tackle. Thanks, guys. Thanks to our BFFs over there. <laughs> B- our BFFs at PFFs. Yep. So they, they've kind of picked up a few few good pieces here, but they need to keep building. Um, the duds would be their center, uh, who was the worst center 
in the league last year, and we're we're going to try that again. Apparently, don't know how I quite feel about that because you know if it didn't work the first time, why would it work the second or sixth? Um, and then the offensive dud is just Jerry Judy's hands. Come on, man, <laughs> get your crap together. Catch the football when it's thrown to you. You have two jobs: run around, catch the football. He's great at the running around. Part three would be go, but you need to catch the football in order to go. And making it past step two seems to be the problem. He should train with Nelson Aguilar this offseason. When Tim Patrick has more catches, there's a problem. (laughs) I should know Tim Patrick. I should know Jerry Judy. But I know Tim Patrick. That terrifies me. Uh, The biggest question. Well, I guess there's only two big questions. Um, Under For quarterback, who's going to be under center? Will it be my boy Drew Locke or will it be Teddy Bridgewater? Or the rumor still floats that they're interested in Rodgers, depending on what he decides to do. How crazy would that be? I, you would see me on a bro- – I'd have more Broncos gear than you could shake a stick at. <laughs> me too. <laughs> if Rodgers comes to this team, they're a Super Bowl contender. How could they not be? If that receiving core steps up, I mean, I mentioned him already, and I didn't even read the notes because I got him 30 seconds ago. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tim Patrick did step up after uh, Cortland Sutton got hurt, which we thought it was over. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he picks up uh, back where he left off. I will give credit to Judy. He is an incredible route runner, but he needs to obviously catch the football and keep running. Because yes. then that becomes touchdowns, and touchdowns puts points on the board, and points on the board means you win games. Shocking concept for yeah, football. This is, this is some good stuff right here, yeah. <laughs> um, I think you're on Defensive studs, uh, I'm going to put everyone, I mean, including the pieces that they've added. I mean, on the line, you've got Miller and Chubb. On the outsides, you know, um, Simmons and Jackson with Darby Fuller and Bryce Callahan, a name that's circled the league a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier with the defensive side of this football, uh, but the question is: on paper, everything looks great, but no, no plan survives first contact with your opponent. So, will it translate to the field? I think it will. Would it be a number one defense? They should be a top five regardless. Um, so, I've got to give this team a solid B plus, only because we don't know about their quarterback situation and what differences it could make you know depending on how the receivers play out Bridgewater has the more experience but we'll have to wait and see I mean if Aaron Rodgers comes into play then it throws everything out the window that changes everything yep (laughs) yeah I had them at a B mainly because uh, yeah the defense couldn't be better I think I'm stoked about this defense just on paper like you said um but but yeah Drew Locke Looked pretty good at times last year, but he also had a lot of turnovers. And Bridgewater, um, I feel like he's a serviceable starter, but apparently Carolina thought that Darnold was an upgrade. Uh, I think Darnold just needed to get out of, you know, Gase's situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, all, we all know my opinions on that whole situation. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. I have flags all over my vehicle that says, I hate Gase. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. We should make that. We should sell those at the 2M store. This is a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> this is a gaze-free vehicle. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a genius. <laughs> this vehicle doesn't run on gaze. 
say no to 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 gays. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, now you're stretching it. Oh, remember that guy fossils? Say no to fossil fuels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps up the AFC West. That's going to be another fascinating division again next year. And uh, so we're going to take a short break, then transition over to the NFC, starting with the South. And we're back. Shut up. We're back. We're back. Oh my god. And we're back. All right, we're back. In the NFC South, uh, starting with the division winners, the Saints. Uh, last year they were twelve and four. Uh, they had a very good defense, the fourth best in the league, in fact. And uh, their offense was twelfth ranked, uh, but that relied most heavily on the running game where they had the sixth most rushing yards in the league. So, uh, yeah, they won the division, made the playoffs. I think they were the two seed, which didn't get them a a first-round bye last year, like in previous years because of the new format. Uh, So they they got the treat. They might as well have gotten a bye, though, because they played the Bears in the wild card round. Oof. (laughs) Absolutely smothered the Bears 21-9. to I mean, that score seems drastic, but when you kind of look at it and analyze it, that's not – awful i mean it's bad but i don't know i feel like the saints could have put more points than 21 on the board uh they so they beat the bears in the wild card but then they lost to the bucks 30 to 20 in the divisional round uh thanks in large part to a brutal three interception game from drew Brees, uh the quarterback who announced his retirement early this offseason rip so uh losses they, they actually lost quite a few players this offseason for agency, and then obviously with Breeze retiring. Uh, top of the list here is Trey Hendrickson, the defensive end, who actually kind of out of nowhere led the team in sacks with 13 and a half. So he's gone. He's in Cincinnati now. They lost uh, Janoris Jenkins, the cornerback, Sheldon Rankins, the defensive tackle, Emmanuel Sanders, the wide receiver, and then uh, Jared Cook, as we discussed, the tight end went to L.A., and the only real signing they made was Nick Vanette, the tight end. Well, made... I made a note, too, that they, they, they re-picked up uh, Winston. Yes, they re-signed Winston, very importantly, as we'll discuss. <laughs> and in the first round of the draft, uh, they, you know, they had a late first-round pick from making the deep playoff run. With the 28th overall pick, they took Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston. So Fun looking... fact. Oh, yes, please. All three of their first picks so in rounds one two and three they had a each had a pick they drafted on the defensive side of the football with all three ah cool that is a good fun fun fact gives you some idea of what they're thinking um so let's let's break down their roster this season on offense obviously they still have alvin Kamara, uh, one of the best running backs in the league both on the ground and out of the backfield as a pass catcher uh, michael thomas still one of the best receivers and then uh, they have pretty strong Offensive line, uh, especially at the tackle position, Brian Ramchick and Teron Armstead. I think uh, at, at Duds, I put the receivers outside of Michael Thomas. Uh, they've lost Sanders, obviously. They've got Traquan Smith. They drafted him a few years ago, mostly. You know, he hasn't done much. He hasn't been on the field a ton, and largely unproven, though he did have a big game in, in the playoff loss to uh, – Tampa Bay, I think he had a, a pair of touchdown grabs there, but they'll definitely need him to step up. 
Um, and the only other guy on the roster still who took any snaps last year is a guy named Marquez Callaway, who has 200 career receiving yards. So Nailing it. You could say they don't have a lot of depth at the receiver position. <laughs> Biggest question for the offense, though, is the quarterback. We don't know who's going to play. Like you said, Taysom Hill is there. He's been there for a while. And what's weird is when I looked it up in the last update on their um, depth chart from our lads, it lists Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback as QB1 with Winston behind him. But that's the whole point of training camps is to kind of wait and see what happens. Right. And, uh, yeah, they brought in Jameis through free agency prior to last season. Uh, and he – you know, he didn't play very much um, here and there. He would come in for a play. Uh, I think he actually threw a touchdown in the playoffs when Breeze didn't have the arm for a like a Hail Mary throw or something. Uh, but when Breeze was out for a few games in the regular season, it was Taysom Hill who got the starts, and I believe he went 3-0 and as a starter, if I remember correctly. Either 3-1 and or 2-1. and yeah, <clears throat> he looked okay. He looked okay running the offense, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I haven't heard uh, if it's going to be a full-on training camp battle or maybe they are leaning towards Taysom. I will just – time will tell, but I think that's the biggest question for the offense because, I mean, Hill's going to see the field regardless, uh, whether it's going right. to be – if Jameis is like the, quote, starter, you know, you're still going to see five to ten plays where Hill is at least on the field. It almost feels like Hill maintaining his role gives Winston advantage. Right. I mean, that could give the offense the most um, flexibility to, to call different kinds of plays and, and not be too predictable. Because you still have to account for Taysom Hill when he's on the field. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't know if he's going to run the ball, go out, uh, run a route, you know, because he was a tight end originally, right? So yeah. I think this him. was a reverse. Uh, Tim Tebow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's going to be fascinating. You know, you know, Sean Payton is going to come up with something good. <laughs> Whoever starts, they're in really good hands, except if it's Jameis Winston. <laughs> uh, I saw this weird uh, workout video of him, uh, you know, just like taking a snap. And then there was this guy just beating on the ball in his hands. He, <laughs> he never threw it in the drill that I saw, but he was <laughs> – simulating being in the pocket, you know, bouncing around on his feet while a guy just, like, attacked the ball in his hands. <laughs> I think he should be more concerned with the actual throws he makes. <laughs> not You're getting, right. Not getting picked off. Well, Hill's the one who needs to practice not fumbling. <laughs> it's like you take the fumbler or the interception. Right. Uh, so we'll see. That'll definitely be something to watch in training camp. On the defensive side is the strength of this team. They have a lot of studs. And the secondary, particularly, they've got Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cover corners out there. And then the safety duo of Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams. Uh, both those guys are really good. And then really at all three levels of the defense, they've got good players. you got Demario Davis, the veteran linebacker, kind of anchoring the Cameron middle. Jordan. And then you still got Cameron Jordan, yeah. Uh, still, a, still a very productive pass rusher. I couldn't really identify any duds on this defense. They're really solid. The only issue I see, and this is the my question, is uh, the linebacking core outside of Demario Davis. Everyone that's on the roster currently, besides him, logged a total of one snap last year. Oh man, that defense is nailing it. Yeah, so it's a bunch of new players, uh, probably some rookies, like you mentioned in, in the draft. They focused on the defense. 
And then speaking of Cameron Jordan, though, he was still productive with seven and a half sacks. That was his lowest total since his rookie season, which was quite a while ago. Um, He's still a good player, but is he declining? Also, the loss of Trey Hendrickson on the other side, is that going to make him less effective if they only have one real pass rushing weapon for opposing offensive lines to focus on? To, To quote a very famous and intelligent man, to have one pass rusher is to have no pass rusher. Damn, that's who said that? That's a great quote. <laughs> Some chump. <laughs> I thought you just said it was a smart man. <laughs> well, I mean, there's this thing called lying. <laughs> Overall, for the Saints, I think they should be able to lean on the defense and the run game. Alvin Kamara, um, again this year, regardless of who's at quarterback, they do still need to figure that out, and it will impact things, but uh, they're so solid in other areas that kind of support that make things easier for a quarterback. Um, I think there's no super wrong decision they can make. So I give the saints a B plus. A minus. Right there. I agree. Okay. Can we sum up this one team, this next team and just with the fact that we just say it's an A plus just because. (laughs) The Buccaneers. uh, Yeah, I think that's fair because they obviously they won the Super Bowl with their no new, way. with their newly signed quarterback last year, Tom Brady. Ever heard of him? Yeah, he's a rookie, forty-four <laughs> year old rookie. Uh, they they had a shaky start to the season. Not uh, not not. Uh, sorry, well, I don't know what's happening to me right now. Not a huge surprise. <laughs> given, <laughs> given the limited off season last year, Brady being in a new system for the first time. Uh, whatever they they won the last four regular season games to make it into the postseason. And then, obviously, they won four playoff games in a row, taking down the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, as we already discussed. And uh, they looked awesome doing it. This team didn't seem to have a weakness. And guess what? They brought back all 22 starters for 2021, <laughs> which... Oh, right, because, you know, that's not terrifying to think about. Which is the first time a defending Super Bowl champion has brought back all 22 starters the following year. Losses, literally no, none. And they even <laughs> added to their roster with Giovanni Bernard. Right. Let's give some more people. <laughs> um, they brought in Giovanni Bernard, another weapon in the running game, even though Fournette and Ronald Jones were great. Um, and they drafted Joe Tryon, outside linebacker, and uh, interestingly, Kyle Trask, uh, quarterback out of Florida. Obviously, <laughs> Brady is still here. And I, I believe he even signed an extension for one more season. <laughs> He'll be 44 uh, when this season kicks off, and I think his goal was to play till age 45. We don't have to go through all the reasons why this team is great. They're really good. And, yeah, A+. plus. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, what do you want me to say for it? <laughs> I mean, I think the only thing I would make a note on is it proved that Tom Brady was not a systematic quarterback because yeah. we, saw, we saw him struggle and just take the punches as they came and still manage to pull a team into the Super Bowl. Yep. The only Let- thing – oh, actually, I did want to get this line in there. The only thing that could sink this pirate ship – Really? <laughs> is veterans. Is John Gruden. On a, <laughs> better, you know, if a cannonball gets loose and falls through the deck or something. Uh, the, the only thing that could happen is is veterans, you know – all of a sudden, 
declining sharply in in play, like Brady, whatever. I'm I'm done. I'm done predicting Brady's decline. I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> or if you know if they get hit with a, a ton of injuries, but they have depth too. It's this team is so good. A plus. They are definitely the favorites <laughs> to to repeat. Shocking. Panthers. I feel like these the rest of these teams are irrelevant after this, but we can do it. We can do it anyway. Panthers were five and eleven last year, and Matt Rule's first year as the head coach. Uh, <laughs> Christina McCaffrey. <laughs> oh my God, that does say Christina McCaffrey. I didn't know. That is a funny typo. I'm glad you found it this time. <laughs> yes, their star running back, Christina McCaffrey. Uh, missed most of the season. Uh, okay, with injuries, they did focus. Damn it! They did win a few games that were surprising, like over beating Arizona, beating Washington, and they were close in a few others. They were within three points of the Saints uh, one time. They got blown out the other time they played them, and they actually were like a sixty-five yard field goal away from beating the Chiefs. <laughs> This offseason, though, they lost Curtis Samuel, the wide receiver. They lost Mike Davis, the running back, who actually played really well in McCaffrey's absence. Uh, Christina McCaffrey. That <laughs> and they traded away Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater to Denver, uh, wherever they signed. Theodora Bridgewater. <laughs> yes, thank you. And they, they traded for Samantha Darnold. <laughs> Is it really? This is too fun. Uh, okay, they also signed Asan Reddick, who had one really good game for the Cardinals, outside linebacker. AJ Boye and Dan Arnold, the tight end. That's so confusing. You have Sam Darnold and then Dan Arnold. Wow, that is really confusing. <laughs> Sam Darnold. And it's Darnold to Arnold for the touchdown. Darnold to Arnold. Uh, that's good. And it's then D. They Arnold to D. Arnold. <laughs> Then they drafted J.C. Horn uh, with the eighth overall pick, a cornerback out of South Carolina. I mean, whatever. Okay, let's look at their roster. Studs on offense, obviously McCaffrey. And they have a really good receiving core with D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson, who together – But that's all they have behind them. Yes. And yeah, that makes that, me nervous. Because Samuel's gone. Um, they did draft a receiver named Terrace Marshall in the second round. I don't know much about him. But, yeah, not a, not a ton of other options on this offense. Uh, their biggest offensive dud last year is actually still on the team, Ian Thomas, the tight end. They were hoping he would fill Greg Olson's shoes. Uh, obviously, it's a tall task with how good Olson was. And, and Thomas was just terrible. He was a non-factor in the passing game. He averaged just one catch and nine yards per game last season. And guess what? He couldn't block either. So, Oh, great. He's completely useful. Makes sense uh, why they brought over Dan Arnold from uh, the Cardinals. And the biggest question for this offense is, and you actually hit on it earlier, will the change of scenery kind of revitalize Sam Darnold's career? Anyone who leaves Gase's shadow of (laughs) has a wonderful career. Yeah, right. Could he be the next Ryan Tannehill? I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe. (laughs) Really? You're not happy? I was so proud of that. No, that was good. I am happy. I'm so happy, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a liar. (laughs) On defense, they have two good players. Uh, One guy named Brian Burns. Brianna Burns. (laughs) Yes. Very nice. Uh, Edge rusher. uh, Whatever. He had nine sacks 
eight tackles for loss, 21 QB hits last year. And then Dante Jackson, the cornerback, uh, is pretty good, turning into one of the better coverage guys around. Uh, however, the defensive duds include the rest of the edge rushers, uh, Yatur Gross Matos and uh, Marquis Haynes. They're, they're bad. That name's got to be made up. <laughs> it's not. I remember them drafting that dude. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you again two weeks in a row. <laughs> I don't put anything past you. And just the D-line as a whole is a weakness. Uh, most of the rest of the defense is okay, but not great. The front seven is going to need to improve somehow. I don't think they have the personnel for it, though. Ever since Luke Keekley surprisingly retired, they haven't been able to get – I mean, obviously, I see that's a hard guy to replace, of course. Uh, but they haven't done anything close to that in their linebacking core. Overall – I think Darnold is the key if this team's going to do anything. He has some decent weapons in the receiver group. Um, yeah, so it's not or never to prove himself. Let's <laughs> just read all the typos. It's now or never is what that is supposed to say, Matt. That's, in case you couldn't figure that out. <laughs> I knew what it was supposed to be, but this is way more fun. I know. Uh, so, yeah, but even if everything goes as well as possible on the offensive side, I don't think this defense is, is good enough to hold up there into the bargain. So, let's see. I gave the Panthers a C. I gave them question mark. I mean, that's fair. It's hard to grade a team that uh, their quarterback is a giant question mark. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like I can't – Matt Rule has so much to figure out. Like, it's like being handed the keys to the car, but you have to build the car. <laughs> like, this, there are some really good pieces there, but then there's not enough to make the team – competitive i mean seven and nine would be like wishful thinking right i feel like that's the best case scenario okay let's move on we got one more team to get through tonight and then we are done until next week then it's bedtime <laughs> then well then it's editing time <laughs> all right well you edit i'm going to bed sounds good all right the falcons and i'm actually more interested to talk about this team despite the fact that they had a worse record at four and twelve they were fourth place uh bringing up the rear in this NFC South division. And they had a, a very – So aggravatingly so. It's a terrible, Oh, my terrible goodness. Losses. The amount of times I almost burned everything I own. <laughs> they had uh, – so they had the botched onside kick game where they forgot how to recover one. They had the one where Todd Gurley accidentally scored a touchdown, which <laughs> ironically ended up and caused them to lose that game. I'll go back to our recaps from last year if you want to find that one. <laughs> and they they blew a big lead in the fourth quarter to the Bears of all teams. Yeah, thanks defense. That uh, this was all no fault of Matt Ryan's though. He had a, another good year. Uh, the team had the fifth best passing offense. Um, however, they couldn't run the ball, and the defense was terrible. And plus, those late game miscues they had doomed this team to a terrible season. Oh, I mean, I special to... teams was terrible. And the defense just has never improved and i forgot to write down here they fired their coach right they did fired dan quinn after the um first what four games yeah because i think we made a joke because after they fired their coach they won their first game and we made the joke about the jets right like hey look look at the trend you fire your coach you win a game and we're like what's new york doing they're like we're gonna ride or die over here with adam gates (laughs) right because that panned out for the texans the Falcons and uh, one other team who did the same thing. It was, it was really funny. The Lions. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, so they, yeah, they fired Dan Quinn. Uh, new head coach is Arthur Smith, who was, I think, the Titans' uh, offensive coordinator. Am I remembering that right? I think so. Yeah, he was offensive coordinator last for the last two years. You know, we've seen. I got really confused because Arthur Blank is the owner. I was like, the owner's <laughs> yeah. not a head coach. <laughs> right. This isn't the. This isn't a Bill O'Brien situation. <laughs> Oof. Wow. He didn't own the Texans. No, I know. I know. It's close enough. It works, Matt. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, this team had a pretty interesting off season. Uh, most notably and most recently with trading their star receiver Julio Jones to the Titans. And uh, they also lost their starting center, Alex Mack, to San Francisco. Who I thought I was gambling was going to retire. Yeah, but I think they ended up giving him a three-year deal or something. Despite the fact that he's already uh, 35, I think. And then uh, Keanu Neal, their safety, also left in for agency going to the Dallas Cowboys. And they signed Mike Davis at running back. So, uh, I think Excellent sign. They also lost Todd Gurley to free agency, but he was eh. not good last year. Mike Davis, though, yeah, he he did look good with Carolina, as we just talked and about. And I kind of like this pairing. With uh, Cordero Patterson? I do. Cordero, Cordero Patterson has grown on me. I think he's a terrible running back. Uh, but uh, you know what's funny, though, is that uh, once again, so Cordero Patterson ties, has a um, is tied with two other players for the most kick return touchdowns in NFL history. And uh, so he comes from the Bears, obviously. Uh, most recently, anyway, he was started with Minnesota, but whatever. He's with the Bears the last two seasons. And uh, there was one other return specialist who was on the Chicago Bears for a long time. And then Atlanta signed towards the end of his career. <laughs> Do you remember who I'm talking about? Was it Hester? Of course. Yep. Devin Hester. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of funny. Once again, Atlanta signs a former Bears kick return specialist. It is interesting. The Bears used Patterson primarily as a running back last year, and it seems like that's probably what the Falcons are going to do too, uh, given that, yeah, they don't have much else there besides Mike Davis, who I would expect to be the primary back. It's interesting. I'll give him that. <laughs> I don't think that's I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I like this pairing, and I don't know why. It could just be because I'm dumb. Yeah, that's probably why. Probably why. Just kidding, Matt. You... Are you though? Uh, no comment. In the draft, they took Kyle Pitts. <laughs> draft. I <laughs> out of Florida with the fourth overall pick, and uh, this guy's a monster. So he's going to expected to be a big contributor in the passing game as a rookie. Uh, so offensive studs, Matt Ryan, still got it, still good. Calvin Ridley, receiver, looks awesome. Uh, he, he's, you know, got a lot of big shoes to fill, I guess. He's been doing well playing alongside Julio. We'll see how he does uh, without Julio. Uh, speaking of without Julio, Russell Gage got a lot of playing time last year due to injuries sure to Julio. Did. And I think I'm Ridley. Too. For these two. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Gage did well. Ridley looks really good. Um, and then Chris Lindstrom, their offensive guard, is one of the better guards in the game. Uh, duds, I have to say, Hayden Hurst, the free agent signing prior. I was actually surprised by this. Yeah, he wasn't good. <laughs> he, <laughs> they were looking for someone to... Thank you for uh, the obvious. Yeah, they were looking for someone to fill that Austin Hooper role because he became such a big piece of the passing. Yep. Uh, but, but yeah, Hurst didn't do it, and probably a big part of the reason they decided to draft Kyle Pitts 
at tight end. He will almost certainly be putting Hurst to the bench. Um, and then also Josh and- Andrews, their other guard, uh, was not good. And, yeah, we already touched on it. The biggest offensive question, I think, is the running backs. I think it makes it only makes sense for Mike Davis to be the starter. Um, yeah, I would say so. For whatever reason, he's at age 28, he's never really been a starter on a team. He's always been kind of a complimentary or backup. But he filled in really well. He looked great. At least I remember – watching him from a fantasy perspective, he was putting up almost similar numbers to what uh, Christian McCaffrey would do. And behind him is Patterson, uh, who we talked about. And uh, because I don't like him, I put in the stat that he averaged just 3.6 yards per carry last year. <laughs> I have nothing else to say other than this. He's, he's on the list with uh, Taysom Hill of players who irrationally make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> It was more just the Bears. I was really frustrated with the Bears. I'm like, he's not a good running back. Stop putting him at running back. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe uh, maybe he fares better in Atlanta. On the defensive side, they've got uh, a couple of good players. Deion Jones, a linebacker. And then uh, we've got Grady Jarrett, the lineman. And I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? And he was... Yeah, because he was the only one who did anything during the 28-3 the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, I think he had like three sacks of Brady in that game or something. And he's still there in Atlanta doing his thing. One of the few guys. Uh, defensive duds is the whole defense other than those two names mentioned. Uh, yeah, pretty much. They averaged fewer than one sack per game. Uh, and uh, I don't see any moves this offseason that are going to help with that situation. So uh, I'm very concerned about this defense. My, my question for this defense, how are they going to compete? <laughs> That's really the story. I mean, they looked, yeah. the offensive – like, if we had to do independent grades, I mean, the offense is a solid B, while you have the defense is a solid, you know, D minus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel so like – So, it's like it's, I don't feel like giving the team a C rating is kind of fair because, again, it wasn't Matt Ryan's fault that the team couldn't play. But a C know. is where I will stand. Yeah, I had him at a C plus because uh, the offense should be fine. Um, run game I wrote down could be a concern. It might be could be better than last year too. Gurley was pretty ineffective, um, but the defense, yeah, the defense was bottom five across the board last year, and I don't see what they've done to get better. So, and they also hired an offensive-minded coach, so it's not like uh, you know Chargers situation where maybe he's going to coach up some guys that were underperforming. I don't see that happening here. So uh, yeah, C plus. Excited to watch the offense. Dreading watching the defense. We'll we'll see. I should have written down if they have a new special teams coordinator. Because <laughs> if they don't, if they just didn't lose games for stupid reasons last year, they probably could have been close to five hundred. Right, like respectable ish. Yeah, but this is gonna be a tough division though with uh, the Bucks and uh, the Saints still looking like they're. You know, gonna... I'll take baby steps. Let's trample yeah. Matt Rule's Panthers, and then we can talk about taking on. <laughs> the Saints and the and the Bucks. All right, and that's it. That's that, it. There you have it. That is the AFC West and the NFC South. AFC West is going to be super interesting. Of course, as a Packers fan, I want Rodgers to stay in Green Bay, but just for pure like drama. Can you imagine him and Mahomes in the same division if he were to oh, go man. to Denver? <laughs> oh man, that'd be uh, that would make for some incredible <laughs> must-watch television. Yeah, those divisional games will be better than ours. Yep, yep. 
but especially uh, yeah. with Stanford over there too, or Stanford gone. Right. Oh my gosh, how sad would the NFC North be with the quarterbacks? Well, actually, uh, Justin if Fields. Jordan Love is even a fifth one. of what Rodgers is. Yeah, I'll take it. I don't think he is. Having never seen him in action at any level, I'm just going to say no, he's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. A lot of off season to go. We're not done. We're not done talking about these rosters. It's, they're still going to change a little bit potentially. Um, so next time we will be right back here, same time, same. Well, maybe hopefully a few days earlier. We'll see if schedule permitting. But uh, yeah, if someone well, wouldn't work so much. Yeah, see, I'm a real uh, team player because I prioritize this over my real job. <laughs> I don't see why you can't do the same. <laughs> Michael? <laughs> yes? I hope everyone has a wonderful and spectacular day, and we will see you next week here on the Gridiron to take on the next two divisions. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard... Please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.